Welcome to Find Your Niche, a career podcast offering advice that you can implement today, as well as career tips that will set you on a career path and help you to find your niche. I'm Lori Cole, certified career coach and job search advisor with iHire. iHire connects you to industry-specific jobs in over 57 talent communities. Find your niche today on iHire. Isn't there an old joke that 73.6% of all statistics are made up? When I hear a statistic, I usually take it with a grain of salt, especially if it's from an unfamiliar source. But this week, I saw a statistic I couldn't believe, so I had to dig deeper and confirm. Among people aged 75 years and older, the labor force is expected to grow by 96.5% over the next 10 years. My first thought was to scoff at this headline, but it turns out it's legit. And it's from the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics in a report they released in January of this year, 2022. A lot of people of retirement age are either never leaving the workforce or they're jumping back in and they're calling this unretirement and you're going to be hearing a lot about this term. Here are the latest trends, topics and tips that will help you in your job search. There are several reasons people are unretiring. First, the baby boomer generation, they may be aging, but they are not ones to give up. I think they coined the term 60 is the new 40. Now, this isn't new. In my first job out of school, I worked at a stock brokerage firm, and one of the brokers was 96 years old, and he came into work every day. He'd put on his suit. He'd drive himself to work. He was just fantastic and inspired everybody, and everyone loved him. Older workers are being asked to stay in employment because of the labor shortage, and companies are looking for ways to fill their open positions. There are about 5.6 million more jobs than available workers. I'm going to say that again. There are about 5.6 million more jobs than available workers. Last night, I was at a popular pizza place, and they had gone back to carry out only. And I asked if that was because they couldn't find people. She said that they tried an open interview day where they advertised it in the newspaper and on the radio and put out a big sign. And she said they didn't have one person show up for an interview. Everybody is feeling this, especially retail and hospitality. So be patient with the retail staff and tip your servers well. Another reason for unretirement is that when COVID struck in March of 2020, many workers who were near retirement age were offered early retirement. And some thought, why not? My retirement portfolio has been doing well. I can afford it. And then there was the whole COVID wild card and health concerns. So that kind of made it an easy decision. But boy, do times change fast. Two years later, fast forward, the S&P is down an average of 26%. Those retirement portfolios have taken a hit. Inflation's at a 40-year high. And the last time I asked my husband to take me somewhere expensive, he took me to the gas station. Making ends meet is difficult, especially if you're on a fixed income. Suppose you're thinking about unretirement. It's an excellent time to jump back into the labor market. There are a lot of jobs to choose from, and employers are willing to consider all sorts of scenarios, flexible, hybrid, remote, full-time, part-time, consulting, and some of those things would have been out of the question just a few years ago. But today, you can almost write your own ticket. 
I know a guy who was ready to retire. He was a VP at a company. They offered him a package to stay on as a consultant at the same pay rate, full pay, and full benefits. And they dropped his schedule down to part-time. Now that's a sweet gig if you can get it. Sign me up for that one, please. It also turns out that there are many social and health benefits to unretirement. You won't be bored. It turns out that 43% of older adults who return to work do so because they're bored. I'm sure the first couple of months of retirement are exciting and full of so many possibilities, but the things people want to cross off their bucket list usually cost money to make happen. People who have stopped working sometimes lose their sense of purpose. A job you enjoy can be invigorating and give you a reason to jump out of bed in the morning. Well, maybe not jump out of bed, but a reason to get out of bed in the morning. There are many proven health benefits of working. There's truth to the old saying, use it or lose it. An analysis of nearly half a million people in France found that people who delay retirement are less likely to develop Alzheimer's disease or other forms of dementia. With every extra year of work, the risk of dementia drops by 3.2%. It's easy for your exercise and eating habits to just go down the drain if you don't have structure. I know that that's true for my weekends. It's easy to stay up later at night, sleep in a little longer, binge on food at times of the day you would usually not binge on food, and skip the exercise because you think, oh, well, I'm going to get my steps in today, but then I never do. I'm much more disciplined and structured during my work week. All of these things combined can lead to a longer life. There's a correlation between living longer and working longer. Considering demographic, lifestyle, and health factors, researchers found that healthy adults who retired at age 65 had an 11% lower risk of death. Researchers found that people who described themselves as unhealthy were more likely to live longer if they kept working. Social connections can be so important as we age, and many say their closest friends are people that they met on the job. From office parties and outings to after-hours hangouts, the relationships you make at work could last well into retirement. Maintaining your social network is essential to staying healthy as you get older. And of course, extra income is a big plus. According to a survey by Home Instead, the most common reason for returning to work is to make more money. And 33% of respondents said that that was the best part. I've coached retired people who tell me that it is scary to see money coming out of their accounts with nothing going back in. What might complicate the decision to unretire is Social Security. What happens if you've already elected to start your Social Security benefits? Well, the broad answer is, it depends. That's why I'm talking to Brian Young, certified financial planner with Comprehensive Financial Planning Group in Frederick, Maryland. If you're thinking about unretiring, Brian has sound advice. Let's hear from today's featured guests who has found their niche. Thank you for being here, Brian. We really appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Lori. I appreciate being on as a guest. So in the earlier segment, I talked about some of the reasons people are unretiring. Have you seen that in your practice? Absolutely. Uh, In today's economic environment, 
we have seen everyone, a lot of folks making changes to their retirement plan, whether they were getting ready to retire in the next couple of years or right on that cusp of doing it, or even uh, they're looking up saying, I need to go back into the workforce. There, there's a lot of factors and, and some of those, you know, in the last six to eight months, here's what's transpired. We're seeing inflation at all time highs. The CPI is well over 8% right now. And everyone's feeling that pinch when they, they go to the gas station. They're seeing that the increase at the pump at the grocery store. And when you go out to eat, food costs have increased dramatically. And the other flip side of it from the investment side, and it's the unfortunate part, a lot of folks' retirement accounts have gone down in the last six to eight months. So now with you know increased costs and maybe not as much money in their, their retirement, they're thinking, wow, maybe I need to postpone retirement and work a little bit longer, whether it's full-time or even a little bit of part-time work. And what a brutal decision for those people to have to make. Those people that were just on the cusp, they were thinking, all right, 2022 is the year. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, oh, no, it's not the year. Yeah. We, we can't do that this year. Yeah, timing, timing's everything. Uh, sometimes you like to take that sequence of uh, risk out, the sequence of returns risk. You want to take that off the table sometimes when you are retiring. But you know, when when we get to this point and folks are like, all right, do I go back into the workforce? There's a lot of questions that need to be asked. You know, maybe they were already retired and collecting Social Security. What are the implications on that? And that's generally the biggest one is going back into the workforce, the health insurance component, because maybe they were already on Social Security and Medicare and getting their supplements, they'll start asking questions. How is this going to affect my health insurance? So you got that component to take into account. And really, at the end of the day, you know, there's a lot of other factors about going back to work. Personally, I see folks that want to do it just to stay active. Right. How many times, and you know, anyone who's listening probably knows someone that retired and then shortly after retirement, you know, they're they're on the, the recliner and the health starts to decline and things just start to deteriorate when the body is not active. And I think we all know someone that may have been in that situation. But the, uh, the Social Security, and, and that's a big component because people don't really know the roles that evolve around Social Security. And, and, and if it's okay, we can maybe talk about some of those roles. Yeah. First, I'm going to go back and ask you a question about the health insurance. So if someone takes early retirement at 62, are they able to get their Medicare at that point, or are they paying for their health insurance premiums with what they have coming in? And you know what? That's a great question. Health insurance is one of the biggest factors that affects someone's decision to retire early. You can take your COBRA, generally you can take that up to 18 months. So if someone were to retire at 62, they could extend their COBRA on their existing insurance with their employer out to 63 and a half. 65 is when Medicare kicks in. So there's a year and a half gap there that you got to look at a turn of options. Do you pay out of pocket? And depending on what state you live in, I know health insurance varies from state to state, but 
Right now, we're budgeting for $1,000 per month per individual for health insurance prior to age 65. Oh, my goodness. And then you'll see some folks, they'll say, well, if I am going to retire prior to 65, maybe I'll do it at age 63 and a half. That way I can extend the COBRA for that 18 months and push you right up to Medicare. The alternative then too, do you have a spouse and can you be on a spousal plan to carry you those, you know, up until 65 for Medicare? And COBRA is not cheap. There may be a misconception out there that because it is technically the insurance your employer has been offering you, that they've probably been paying a a percentage of, 50%, maybe more than that. So you won't continue with those benefits at that same rate. You are then responsible with COBRA for paying the entire portion of that expense and, and picking up what the employer is paying And also, I think there's an administration fee the employer can charge. Yeah, there's there's those fees can be extensive, and I hate to say it, but health insurance when we do retirement planning, it may be the biggest variable because we don't know, and we're in a situation where it seems like every couple years the government makes changes to health insurance. So, and we've seen that. I'm inclined to think that most people have seen their premiums go up over, you know, the last 15, 20 years rather than go down. It doesn't seem like it goes down. So we have to plan for that. But the problem is you have your premiums on the health insurance prior to 65. Then you do do turn 65. Then you have your Part B premiums. They'll come into play. Then you have your supplemental insurance. Then you even have times where people are looking up in addition to health insurance. They're like, well, at some point I may need long-term care. So now you have long-term care insurance that if you're fortunate enough and in that circumstance, perhaps you get those types of plans as well. So taking care of your health and long-term needs in that regard as to where you're going to get care is one of the biggest expense for folks in retirement. So let's talk about the different milestones at the different ages and what happens at those ages, what what happens or what doesn't happen at those ages, and, and how sure. the Social Security is calculated at those points. So there's a lot of different roles. And I think today for our conversation, we'll focus just on the retirement portion of Social Security. The first part is folks will look up and say, can I retire early And that's generally rule or age 62. So if I take my benefits at age 62, that's taking early retirement benefits. Now, one of the things that I'm going to say with that is you have to understand when you're eligible for full retirement age. If you're reading anything on Social Security website, you'll see this, uh, these letters, FRA, which is for full retirement age. And I, I want you to understand that first because everything works off of that number. So they break it down for retirement age for folks that were born from 1943 to 1954, full retirement age was 66. If you're born between 1955 and 1960, 
it's 66 and X amount of months. It, get, it graduates up until you reach 67's full retirement age for anyone over that was born, I should say, after 1960 and later. So let's take that person, full retirement age of 67. We're going to use that as an example. And you want to retire at 62. That's all well and good. But when they look at your full retirement age benefit, they're going to reduce it. And, and those reductions actually are pretty significant. And, and here's how it would work. If you retire early and your FRA was 67, the first 36 months of early retirement, there's a five-ninths percent reduction on your benefits per month, five-ninths of 1%. Anything over 36 months, when that case would be another two years, it's a five twelfth of a percent reduction per month. Now you're like, Brian, what in the world does that mean? <laughs> yes. Put that in layman's terms for us. Layman's terms. It's a 30% reduction in your benefit at age 62 versus a person that's full retirement age is 67. So to simplify it, if you were retired or allowed to retire at 67 with a $3,000 a month benefit, simplify it at age 62, you're getting $2,000. So that's pretty significant. Now, let's go back to the scenario then too. Well, actually, let's finish first on what are the different ages. So, you know, 62 is early retirement. Mm -hmm. Full retirement age is right now 66 to 67, depending on what year you were born between 1943 and 1960. Now, age 70, you'll sometimes hear that pop up. So from full retirement age till age 70, if you have not turned on your benefits, the government, the Social Security will increase your benefit by two thirds of a percent per month. And that equates to an 8% increase per year, and they call that a delayed retirement credit. Why do people like the delayed retirement credit? Well, one, if they're still working and they have some assets and they're like, hey, I want to just postpone my benefits as long as possible, you may end up turning them on at age 70. Another reason that you'll see people actually postpone it is if I pass away, and my wife's benefits would have been a lot less. If I get delayed retirement credits, she would be entitled to the step up with those delayed retirement credits. So keep something in mind too. And you, I, I didn't want to get too much into survivor needs or disability, but when you select your retirement benefits, sometimes you just uh, reference Stephen Covey, who wrote the book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And habit number two is begin with the end in mind. We don't always make the decision on selecting our retirement benefits just based on today, but we have to account for other scenarios and what the long-term effect is, not just for us as the individual, but how that could affect a spouse or any child that could be collecting disability benefits on our own accord or survivor benefits. So they are intertwined when you make the decision, but I just wanted to at least touch on that briefly. So what about the scenario where, let's say it is March of 2020, COVID is hitting and, and they're like, I'm 62, I've been offered early retirement, the market's been going great, my, my portfolio looks good, 
I'm going to retire. And then you're fast forwarding a couple of years here. And they're like you said, gas is expensive, inflation's higher. And it's scary not to see money coming in every month. It, you're, you're watching it go out, but you're not seeing it come in. I have heard that from yeah. several people that I've coached about what a bad feeling that is. And they want to get back into the job market. So are there penalties for getting back in if you're between if you're in that gap of 62 and you're not quite to that full retirement age yet? Absolutely. So there's a variety of penalties that could be implemented. First of all, let's talk about if you stop your Social Security. You're 62 or 63, right in that range before your full retirement age. And if you said, I want to go back to work, can I stop my Social Security? You can. However, there's some little guidelines you need to follow. It has to be within one year of when you actually had applied and started receiving the benefits. And if you do so, so let's say I applied for benefits, I'm 62, we're eight months into it, and I'm like, I got to go back to work. You can stop it because you're within that one year time frame. But here's the thing, you have to pay back those benefits. Uh, so that's very important. Right. Now, that's the part if you do it before FRA. If you do it after FRA, so between 67 and 70, you can be like, hey, I just need to suspend them. And they will turn on automatically again at 70 unless you called or contacted Social Security to turn them on on your own accord. So, Brian, if somebody is thinking about unretiring, what are the steps that they should take? If they don't have a financial planner, if they don't have anybody that they can talk to, what would you tell them to do? So first of all, if you're before full retirement age, all right, have a conversation, at least contact Social Security office and say, hey, I want to go back to work. This is how much I project that I'm going to be making. How is it going to affect my Social Security benefits? That would be first and foremost. If you're after full retirement age and you make as much as Elon Musk or Bill Gates, all the power to you, we can give you my contact information if you're looking for a financial plan. <laughs> but the the other part is though, um, don't make your decisions just based on today's situation. I always want to look, you know, five, 10, 30 years down the road. And again, I know things are going to change but I need to look at what the end result is for each decision that I make, each critical decision. So take that time. And even if you work with a planner, great, challenge them on that. And I'm, I think that's a good thing to do. But think things through beyond that immediate or the one or two year plan. Know what you're going to try to do long term and how it's going to affect whether it's you or someone else that's important in your life. Well, thank you so much for being with us today, Brian. I've learned a lot and I'm sure the audience has learned a lot and we appreciate it so much. Hey, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. We appreciate our featured guest for joining the Find Your Niche podcast. Now, more career advice and stories from your host, Lori Cole.
This is a two-minute tell-all about the hide-and-seek manager. This story comes from a listener who worked at a big box store in human resources. One of the employees who worked in the kitchen cabinets and appliance department wasn't performing well and had a reputation for being a hothead and kind of a bully. Several store employees had complained about how this person treated customers and coworkers. So enough was enough. HR was called in and between the kitchen department manager store manager and HR manager, the decision was made to terminate this employee the next day at 7.30 a.m. in the kitchen department before the store got busy. The next day, the group gathered in the display area of the kitchen department, but the kitchen department manager was nowhere to be found, which was weird because she had clocked in. Instead of waiting, the store manager and HR manager just handled the termination walked the person out of the store, and there was no drama. But the store and HR manager went back into the kitchen area looking for the missing department manager and found she had been hiding in a sink base of one of the kitchen displays. She didn't like confrontation and was afraid of what the terminated employee might do. So she decided to curl up and hang out in the sink cabinet until it was all over. I have a sinking feeling this was probably not a good career move. Is there something you need some guidance on in terms of your career? Email to laurie.cole at ihire.com. Thanks for listening.